Amen. Amen. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> we're going to get up. We're going to get up. Hello, everybody. How you all doing <laughs> in East County, North County, San Isidro, uh, Microsites, uh, uh, Coronado, and everybody watching online. Let's give all those people out there a big hand. God bless y'all. <laughs> Happy uh, 4th of July, 5th of July to everybody. Happy Independence Day. And uh, a lot has happened since I've been here like two weeks ago. Amen. Oh, it got quiet. Amen. Our world's different. That's, that, that's not a, a question, it's a comment, it's a, it's a fact. So let's all stand up and let's pray to God of heaven. Our God is on the throne, amen. Before I pray, let me make a statement. Um, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And he made a man, he made a woman. And he said, the man and the woman shall become one. That's marriage. Then the man and the woman, amen. And he made a man and he made the woman in his image. And he had them close to him. And he gave them the ability to reflect who he was. And the closer, as long as they walked close to him, they were able to reflect him. God made us in his image. So as we, as we walk close to him, we are able to reflect his love, his patience, his kindness. Adam and Eve, the first man and woman, walked away from God. And the further man and humankind drifted away from God, the less they reflected God's love and his behavior and his actions and his thoughts. And today that's how, where we stand. We are sinners in condition and our behavior reflects our sinful condition. And because we are far from God, we live the way we want. We live the way we want in our pride and our arrogance and our fornication and our adultery and our homosexuality and our pornography and all the things we do our way. And the further we stay from God, the more we do that. And God, however, God's, because of his grace and his love, says no matter how far you drift from me, no matter what you do, no matter what you think, I want you to come back to me. Amen. And when you come back to me, I will love you. Amen. <laughs> and when you come back to me, I will love you and I will restore to you my image in your life. In other words, I will transform you into my image and you will love like me and you will live like me and you will be patient like me and you will treat other people like me and you will have the power, my, my power in your life. The reason the church exists is not only to share that and declare it, but to represent it and extend a loving hand to people. Therefore, no matter what the world says, no matter what the world does, no matter what the Supreme Court says, we will live according to the word of God and we will extend God's hand. Amen. And this is very important. We will extend the loving hand to everyone. Everyone because we all have drifted from God. And we all need God's grace in our life. And we all need to extend that grace. And we all need to be transformed. And when we, when we surrender our condition to God and we say, Lord, please forgive me, then our behavior changes. And that's what we want to represent to all people. And so I want to encourage us as a church, we will save, we will declare the gospel of Jesus Christ to everybody who is a sinner. The Bible says all have sinned. Once you surrender your life to Christ, we will equip you, which will help you submit your condition to God under the lordship of Christ. And then we will send you out. We will continue to do that until we die. Amen. Amen. Lord, thank you so much for the mission you've given us. Thank you that the gospel still works just as much today as it did five weeks ago. Thank you that you are still on the throne. Thank you that you love all people. And you need us to surrender our lives, our issues, our attitudes our fears, our phobias, we need to surrender it all to you. 
our anger, our bitterness, our selfishness. We all need to surrender all of it to you that you may transform us. We pray for our country that our country would look back to you. We pray that we would submit to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Give someone a high five next to you. Give them a high five. couple things before I start, um, in addition to what I just said, is that when you leave here, you're going to get a book called Surprised by the Spirit, and uh, it is going to be the foundation of what we're going to talk about over the next month, uh, the supernatural power of God and the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, there are many people who believe that the gifts of the Spirit and praying for miracles and healing doesn't exist, so we want to give you this book so you can read about it yourself from a professor who actually taught that in a seminary, and then the Holy Spirit said, I don't think so, and blasted his life. And so uh, just take the book. If you don't believe in all that, uh, it would be a great read for you. Very simple, very biblical. Uh, the other thing is um, uh, in August, we'll go, one of the messages Pastor Mickey's going to bring this August is a, a message of disaster preparedness, and I would encourage you to uh, prepare for um, our country to uh, experience God's judgment. I don't know how that's going to be, but I just want to, we'll keep telling you that and encouraging you in that. And so I just want to get that ahead of you. And, and tonight we're going to have Russell Wilson, the quarterback of the Seahawks here. And if you uh, want to come back and bring somebody, uh, he'll be here at the 6 o'clock service uh, sharing his testimony. We'll be interviewing him. Amen. Let's see your Bibles. Let's see your Bibles. Say word. One more time. Say word. Let's turn to 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18. Uh, 1 Kings is an Old Testament. It's probably a book that you probably don't normally look at, but it's all the Word of God and all very powerful. 1 Kings 18. And we want to welcome all you visitors. My name is Miles. I'm the pastor. And welcome to the Rock Church. Amen. First Kings 18. When I was a little kid, like probably all of us, I don't know anybody who didn't watch Superman. Can I get an amen if you watch Superman? Amen. Now, can I get an amen for everybody who watched the black and white Superman? Amen. And I know some of you are like, what was he, mixed? He was uh, mixed. For <laughs> he was, he had a black mother and black white. I, what does that mean? He was mixed. Uh, black and white. It was, a, it was a black and white, no color TV. Oh, yeah, we had televisions. Yeah, the televisions. With antennas. <laughs> a hanger. <laughs> Outside of your thing. <laughs> you used to have to stand there like this. And go, right there. And then we would watch to get the clear shot. So Superman came from Krypton, and he was a little kid. He came from Krypton, and he had supernatural powers. And when he was age of 30, he got a, 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 a job at the Daily Planet, which was a newspaper. He had a crush on Lois Lane, but she thought he was a dork. But she didn't know he was Superman because during the day he was a dorky guy. But, but, but at times he would go in his phone booth and take his thing, and, and he had a cape on, a little, uh, uh, his little Speedos. And... Uh, <laughs> And then he would fly around, and the Bible, the show would say, 
faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings in a single, a single bound. Everyone say it with me. Ah, you can't even remember. Look. Up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. <laughs> How many of y'all do not remember that? How many of y'all do not know what that is? Ah, you don't know anything about life. This is Superman. And he would fly. <sighs> Trying to teach my grandson Superman, trying to fly him around the house, and he's like, ah, drool's just falling from his mouth. <laughs> Superman had power. He could leap tall buildings, he could stop a train, he could fly faster than a speeding bullet. You know that God has made available to you and created you to exercise supernatural power. You're supposed to be Superman. All you ladies are supposed to be Superwoman. All ladies say, hey. <laughs> just don't come here in that Superwoman outfit. <laughs> I'm sure some of the fellows wouldn't mind, but, you know, it would be kind of weird. Uh, Wonder Woman, I, Wonder Woman was the, ver, you know, the female version. Uh, God has, the Bible says in Acts 1.8 that you shall receive power. Power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The same Holy Spirit that lives in you is the same Holy Spirit that was involved in creation. Raising Jesus from the dead. Performing all these miracles of Jesus' life. So why can't that same Holy Spirit do that through you? You were designed for that. Not only is it biblical and all throughout the Bible, it's just logical. The Holy Spirit doesn't all of a sudden become weak when he comes in you, other than you saying, I don't want to trust you. But he has all the power he always has because he's God. He can't change. And so we're going to start this series. But today I wanted to give a little context because especially in our culture today, it's going to be so important for you to exercise the power of God. In the story I want to tell, it's about a man named Elijah. Elijah was a prophet and he lived in Israel. The nation of Israel at the time was split in two. The south was called the Judah and the north was called Israel. And where he lived, there was a king called Ahab. He was a pagan, he, he was a, a wicked god. He didn't trust God. And his wife was called Jezebel. She really ran things. If you ever have a, a woman with a Jezebel spirit, it's a woman that says, I have to be in charge. And like this woman, not that woman shouldn't be in charge, by the way, I'm just saying. But she was just like, I'm taking over. And she made her man and said, you're going to obey me. She, had, she was on a power trip, this particular woman. Don't read into it. <laughs> and she was ordering him around. He was the king, though. And she killed, was killing the prophets and the, and the priests and the religious leaders of Israel because she wanted the country to worship Baal, a pagan god. And so the prophets were hiding. A prophet was a, a man or woman who was a mouthpiece of God and they spoke, thus saith the Lord. She didn't want to hear that. She said, Baal is going to set the stage. And so people were worshiping Baal and they were worshiping Jehovah God. They were confused. And so Elijah proclaimed a drought on the land, three and a half years. He's not going to rain. And it didn't rain for three and a half years. And people were dying. And it was a drought. And Ahab, the king, was mad. So we got to go find this guy so he can undo the curse. Baal was the fertility god. And one of the, one of the ways God judged Baal was he said, well, if Baal's the fertility god. And he's supposed to make it rain. I'm going to make it stop raining. I'll show you how weak your god is. And so Elijah's out there, he's out there doing his thing, and he's hiding, he's performing all these miracles, raising people from the dead, and, and doing all this stuff. As a matter of fact, he went to heaven in a chariot of fire in the middle of the day. He got in a chariot of fire and went to heaven. He never died. That's how I want to go. I don't want to die. I just want to leave. Hey, see y'all later and go. <laughs> and, and, and Ahab, he, Elijah probably says, okay, tell Ahab I'm ready for him to find me 
the king, tell him to meet me on Mount Carmel. And tell him to bring all the prophets of Baal, the false god. And matter of fact, all the Israel come up there too because y'all are faltering between two opinions. Which god do you believe? And Elijah is going to display the power of God. But we're going to learn a few things about Elijah. And my challenge to you today is that you would have an Elijah spirit. And that you would say, I want to be the Elijah today. Because our country is giving God the Heisman. In case you haven't noticed, now they're coming after churches. Churches you shouldn't have tax exemption, which will shut churches down. In your lifetime, it's very possible the churches will get shut down. It's very possible you see people like me go to jail. My my pastors and I, that's what we talk about. There's a very reality in your lifetime. Not only in your lifetime, but not far from now. And so Elijah, he is, he's on a mountain with all the prophets of Baal and all Israel, and he's basically going to say, which God do you serve? And his only proof that his God is real is power. So when people at your job, at your, at your softball team, wherever you hang out, say, well, why is your God any bet different? And you can't just say, well, the Bible says, because, like, we don't believe the Bible. What else you got? Now, by the way, the Bible, because the Bible says it, it doesn't make it, it is right, but that don't mean they're going to believe it. It's power. Show me your God. And the first place they need to see your God is in your life. Are you any different than you were a year ago? Are you any different than someone who doesn't walk with God? Because if you're not, they shouldn't believe your God. They shouldn't. You're just someone going to church. I absolutely agree with that. They should fool fool your God. Based on that evidence. But God says, I've given you power. Power. And we're going to learn over the next few weeks. He commanded us to go heal, pray for people, raise the dead. Oh, you've never seen that. That's because you don't believe. You don't ask. Power. And so Elijah's on top of the mountain. He's going to call people out. And there's going to be three things I want to challenge you in. <laughs> and then we're going to have an altar call for all y'all. For reals. All y'all means everybody. <laughs> I'm just saying. Verse eight, chapter 18, verse 20, it says, Ahab the king sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel, all the false prophets. And Elijah came to all the people and said, this is one man. He says, how long will you falter between the two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. This is your challenge today, church, because you live in the United States of America in 2015, and please know this, cha- this country is different, and you are under attack, and you're going to have to decide who, who is your God. You can't hide. They're going to come get you. What do you believe? I'm sure a lot of y'all ask, what do you think about the Supreme Court? That's another way of saying, what do you believe? Where do you stand? What side are you on? Hey, I'm on Jesus' side. And he says, he says to these people, who is your God? Number one in your notes, number one in your notes, if you want God to do something in your life, choose this day who you will serve. Choose this day whom you will serve. Joshua said in Joshua 24, 15, I don't know about you, me and my family, we serve God. He said, I don't know about you. And you're going to have to decide, church. Because you and I are under attack. 
And you have to decide, and when, you, when you are at your job, at your, at your work, in, your, in, your, in the cafe, and all these people having conversations, there's a line that drew, got drawn in the sand. You can believe whatever you want to believe or no, you got to believe the Bible. You can be whatever you want to believe or no, you got to believe what the Bible says. There's a line in the sand. And, 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 and he says, to all these people, to all the Israelites who are obeying two gods, which God are you going to serve? And look what the Bible says. Uh, no one said anything. So, I ain't, I ain't speaking up. I don't want no one to know. I don't want to be found out. God wants to know who wants to stand with him. God wants to know who wants to stand with him. A lot of y'all put rainbows on your Facebook pages. You just told God what you stand for. That's between you and God, but it is between you and God. And he says, now let me be clear. Love gay people. Love straight people. Love depressed people. Love liars. Love fornicators. Love those in pornography. But call them all back to Jesus. Because we are all those things. We are all those things. But don't confuse loving with endorsing behavior. There's one thing to say, my condition, my condition, my Condition. I'm a sinner. Without Christ in my life, I am a dog sinner. My condition is being, still being transformed into the image of Christ. Please pray for me. Please pray for the person next to you. Don't endorse any part of me that does not agree with God. Please don't. And pray that my behavior, my thoughts, my actions honor God and do that for the world. But choose this day what God you are going to serve because there are many gods. There's one true God and many false gods. And there are many gods telling you, believe this, you could do this, you could do this, you could do this. And God says, and Elijah says, you know what? Choose this day. And nobody said a word. Why? Because they didn't want to be, no, I don't want to, be, I don't want to stand out. Look at number two in your notes. Be willing to stand alone. Look what it says. It says in verse 21, Elijah came to all the people and said, how long will you falter between two opinions? Follow God if he's God and Baal if he's Baal. But the people said not a word. And Elijah said, I am alone, left a prophet of the Lord for the Baal's prophets of 450. Elijah said, look up here, y'all. I'm willing to stand by myself because my God, me and my God form a majority. God is looking for that person. I'm not going to follow the crowd because of the crowd. Whatever the crowd says, there have been 58 million abortions in this country. Since it was legalized. 58 million babies have been killed. Little lives that the Bible says God knew them in the womb. Thank God they're with God in heaven. Racism is rampant. Pornography makes more than NBA, football, baseball, basketball, hockey combined. Money. TV, movies, sexual perversion, day and night. Those are all gods. Who do you serve? You have to decide that. You can't be one of the crowds say, I'm just going to blend in because God knows who you are. The Bible says he knows those who are his. And Elijah says, you know what, I'm by myself against 450 false prophets and the whole nation. I'm good with that. Me and God, let's go. 
So Elijah said, well, let's, have a, let's have a church service. And in this church service, God's going to show us who's real. So they built an altar. They, he told the false prophets, you build the altar. You call on your God. I'll build the altar. I'll call on my God. And whoever God answers by fire, that's the true God. Can you imagine if you had to prove your God by your power? You do. Well, I go to the rock and, you know, that's it. we just worship God. And, oh, well, how do you know what that God, that McPherson guy is preaching is true? Well, it's just he said, no, not because I say it. Well, it's in the Bible. That may be true, but to them, well, that don't mean anything to me. Power. That you can pray for somebody and the Holy Spirit can blast their life. Heal them, encourage them, open their eyes up. They can get saved. Their lives will be transformed. They could be set free from the bondage. Power. And it's not your power. It's God's power. He flows it through you. You don't do it. He does it through you. You have to believe for that. And so Elijah says, I'm calling all you false prophets out, 450 in a whole nation. Y'all watch this. Y'all stand over there. I'm fine. I'm going to stand by myself. You built an altar. I'll build an altar. So that's what they did. They built an altar. Let's, let's, let's read. It says, verse 23, therefore let them give us two bulls. Let them choose one bull for themselves, cut it in pieces, lay it on the wood, and put no fire under it. And I will prepare another bull and put it on wood and put no fire under it. And you call in the name of your gods, I'll call in the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, that's the God. So the people said, cool. <laughs> Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one bull for yourselves, prepare it first. You may have the first part of the, of the preachathon. You go first, call in the name of your God and put no fire. So they took the bull which was uh, uh, given to them. They prepared it. They called on the name of the Baal, their God, from morning till noon. Oh, Baal, hear us. But there was no voice. They leaped about and jumped around and it was noontime. Elijah mocked them and said, hey, keep crying. He's your God. Maybe he's meditating. Maybe he's asleep. Maybe he's busy. Maybe he's on a journey. Maybe he's on vacation. Maybe he's going to the bathroom. Maybe he's sleeping. Maybe you got to wake him up. And they cried and cut themselves as was their custom with knives and lances until the blood gushed out of them. And when midday was passed, they prophesied until the offering of the evening time. But there was no voice. No one came. All day. And Elijah's sitting there like this all by himself. Then Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of Israel to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be your name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two seeds of seed. And he put the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces, laid it on the wood and said, fill four water pots with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice of the wood. He did it a second time, he did it a third time, and the water ran all around the altar. Here's what he did. He says, oh, y'all done? Y'all had all day. It didn't work. How many years have you been living your way and it still ain't working? Just think of you. Just think of you and your life and what you do in your time. And how you express yourself. Is that working for you? God loves you so much and wants so much for you. And the further you drift from God, the less of the glory of God is going to be in your life. You will not find anything better than God away from God. There's nothing better than God anywhere. 
and you can scream and, and get high and drunk and do all the stuff you want to do all day. And it will not satisfy the cravings of the image of God in you, the design of the image of God in you. So all day they did that. And then Elijah says, build me an altar. And he poured water on it, poured water on it, poured water on it. Why? Because he said, I don't want any of y'all to be saying, oh, you had a little, little, little pilot light under there. A little Bunsen burner flame and, and a little match. He says, just pour it. I want you to make it so wet, it is impossible this could have been an accident. You know when God does something in your life, he does something so amazing. You say, there's no way that could have been man. That's what God wants to do in your life. So he pours the water, pours the water, and all the prophets of Baal, 450, and all of Israel is looking and going, what is he doing? He's preparing a miracle. I wasn't there. But they pour the water, pour the water, pour the water, pour the water, or three times, just pour the water, pour the water, pour the water. I had a couple of pour the waters in there. And he said, watch this, y'all. 450 prophets, all you Israelites who can't decide what God you, 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 you serve, watch this. Verse 36, came to pass at the time the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, let it be known this day you are God in Israel and I am your servant. And that I have done all these things according to your word. Uh, you know how people know you serve God is the presence of God in your life. I'll say it again slow. You know how people know you are his, he is your God? Is his presence. Let me tell you, let me say it a different way. You being in this room does not make you a Christian. It would be like living in the garage and saying you are a car. <laughs> you live in the garage because your parents don't want you in the house. You having a Bible in your hand doesn't make you a Christian. You quoting scripture doesn't make you a Christian. You praying a prayer doesn't make you a Christian. The presence of God in your life. Now, the presence of God may come because you prayed a prayer, but you prayed a prayer with your heart. You prayed a prayer believing. And if the presence of God in your life, if the presence of God is in your life, you will have a Bible in your hand at some point. If the presence of God is in your life, you will come to church and fellowship and do a whole lot of other things. But the presence of God. And Elijah says, Lord, answer my prayer. These people know that the presence of God is here and that I am your son. And it says, hear me, O Lord, hear me. My brothers and sisters, when you pray to God, you must be confident that he hears you, that you are not talking to the air. You're not talking to the sky. You're not wishing upon a star. You are talking to a God who knows you, who loves you, and who has supernatural power, who has thought and feeling for you and a plan for your life and intention for your life and design and purpose for your life. You are talking to a God who can answer your prayer and respond to your prayer. He says, Lord, hear me now, oh, hear me, God. And hear me that this people may know you are God, Lord, and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. You know, whenever you come to church, you hear me yell, you hear me scream, you get me passionate. You know why? Because me and myself have very little, if no power. 
So I try, but really my trying ain't going to do it. It's the Spirit of God. Only the Spirit of God can turn your heart. I can sit here and yell all my, all my lungs dry and you could just go, all right. And I can sit here and go, Holy Spirit. I yell because I'm excited. Because I'm passionate. But it's not necessarily going to make a difference to you. But it makes a difference for me. Only God can change your heart. And you could tell God, no. I don't want you. Fine. Look what happens. Verse 38. Then the fire of the Lord. Yeah, you like that, huh? Yeah, the fire of the Lord. Say it with me. Say fire. 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 With a Y. Fire. fire. Of the Lord. Yeah. It is true when you say Lord, it's different. It just has a little hot sauce on it. <laughs> the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when the people saw it, they fell on their face and said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. They saw the fire and power of God. In a minute. We're going to pray. And I'm going to pray a prayer to, and ask you to join in the prayer that you say, Lord, I want to be Elisha. I'm willing to stand alone. I'm willing to steward and manage your power. I'm willing to represent you in this world today. No more status quo for me in my faith. No more doing as normal as what my normal was, it's a new day. And I want to stand for you and I want to represent you. And I want to be a conduit of your love and your power and your grace and your forgiveness to everybody you bring into my life. I don't want to just come to church and listen, be entertained, get a little nugget, get a little encouragement and go back about my business. I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to be like Israel that says, I'm not going to say a word. I just want to hide. And hopefully when I die, I go to heaven. Let me just survive. No, God, I want to be whatever you want me to be. I'm willing to take the challenge. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord run to and afro throughout this earth, looking to show himself strong on behalf of whoever would be loyal. I want to be loyal. God is looking for those people. And the reason our country that says in God we trust, in God we trust, on our money, on our buildings and all over the place, the reason we used to be the wealthiest and the strongest, now we're in debt and we're under attack, we walked away from God. We had to, bless, God bless America. It's time for America to bless God back. Amen. It's America to give us God back. And it's going to take the people of God getting on their face and saying, God, we repent. I am sorry, me, I am sorry for my sin in my life. I'm not saying that about you, I'm saying that about me. And then you say it about you. Lord, I want to be like Elijah. I don't, want to, I don't want to blend in anymore. I want to be like Elijah. I want to be whatever you want me to be. I want your image and your love and your patience to flow. And the hope you have for the world to flow out of my life. So when people realize that doing it their way doesn't work, for me it was 
31 years ago. Doing it my way didn't work. It doesn't work. That we can be a place of hope for them. Whoever that is. And for whatever reason they realize that. So in a minute we're going to pray. And then I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to ask you to come forward. All y'all. Last service we had like 500 people come forward. All y'all. And in all the campuses as we pray, I'm going to ask the campus, I mean the pastoral support team to come to the stage just to be here for whoever wants to receive prayer. But I want you to be thinking right now, I, I, I've been saved for a lot. No, this is different. We're looking for some Elijahs. Because when you leave here, over the coming days and coming years, you're going to get attacked. You're going to get criticized. You're going to be called names. And you have to decide before it happens who you are. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel was kidnapped by Nebuchadnezzar. And they were put under intense scrutiny. And the Bible says they prayed as was their custom before they were kidnapped. They already had a custom. They already had a habit. God is looking for Elijah, male and female. <laughs> Let's bow and pray. And all our campuses, microsites, online, I want you to pray. Dear Lord God of heaven, may your fire fall. Holy Spirit, we make room and give opportunity for you to fall in our life. Holy Spirit, I pray you move in people's hearts even now that their legs would start to shake, their hearts would start to pound as you look for your Elijahs to stand at the foot of the cross and say, here I am. Like Isaiah said, here I am, send me. And all throughout all our campuses, God is looking for those who are his. Men and women of God to whom he can trust his power, his love, his message. If you are ready to be that Elijah, if you're ready to say, Lord, me, me, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer and then I'm going to ask you to stand on all levels in every campus and every room. Pray this prayer in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I surrender my life to you. I surrender my whole commitment to you. Everything I know about my relationship to you. I surrender my dreams to you. My habits to you. My vices to you. I surrender my religious disciplines to you. Here I am. Take me. Send me. Anoint me. Holy Spirit, fill me. Use me. I don't care anymore. I'm going down with a fight. And yet I'm not going down at all because in the end we win. So Lord, I surrender. Bless me with a double portion of an Elijah spirit in my life. Anoint my lips. Anoint my life. Anoint my words. If you prayed that prayer, 
And I'm talking to every single one of you in this room. Every single one of you in East County, San Isidro, North County. Don't think, ah, I already got saved. This is not about being saved. This is about standing for the Lord. This is about standing for the Lord. We can't hide. If you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to stand on the count of three. For one time, come out of your shell. For one time, give it up for God. So when I count to three, I want you to stand. Some of you are already standing. One, two, three. Uno, dos, tres. Stand to your feet. Amen. 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 Now, I don't know what's going on in the other campuses. I think I think they they've already split off so we can't we can't have y'all come forward but stay right where you are. If you do it, and when I mean it, if you lay your life down before God, miracles will happen in your life. For so many years, for so many years, I saw people have miracles in their life, and I wondered why can't I see miracles in my life. And two years ago, the Holy Spirit blew me up. <laughs> blew me up. Here's my challenge for you. It's very simple. You can do it, but you got to make time. Very simple response. You're going to get a book when you get here. Read the book. Give God one hour a day. Give God one hour a day. Get up early and sit before God and cry out to God for your life, for your family, for your church, one hour. You give God one hour a day and you cry out to God and you read your Bible and you put worship music on your computer and get that junk out of your life and God will change your life. One hour. Amen. And you beat the devil out of your life. The Bible says if you resist him, he will flee. You have to resist him. And if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. And you say, God, I'm drawing near to you. And you cry out to him day and night, day and night, until you die. And if he doesn't come tomorrow, you say, oh, nothing's changed. You keep crying, nothing's changed. You know why? He don't believe you. Because you're already complaining after one day. After a week. He's like... I deserve the rest of your life. And if we do that, and you do what God tells you after that, and you serve how God tells you to serve, and you pray for who God tells you to pray for, and you give like God tells you to give, and you, and you love who God tells you to love, and you forgive who God tells you to forgive, your life and your world will change. But if we just sit and come to church and let the world do whatever it's going to do, the world will crumble. The only hope this world has is the gospel. And it's in your heart. It's in your heart. We got to get it out. Amen. All right. I got to get you all out of here. So here's the thing. 
stay standing. I'm going to pray for the offering. <laughs> Amen. If you want prayer for anything, these wonderful people will be down here after service to pray for you. We have a card in your, in your bulletin. If you want to get prayer, you can fill that card out and put it in the, in the, offering, in the offering box. And if you, uh, if you, if you want to ask, if you ask Christ to be your Savior, you can text the number in your bulletin and, and we'll follow up with you. But I want to pray for our offering. God has blessed all of us with finances. And he says, I'm trusting you with it. I want you to trust me back with a portion. That's what a tithe is. And for some of you, he says, I want you to go over and above that. That's an offering. It's between you and God. The Bible's very clear. And he's going to speak to you. And some of you, some of you, he's speaking to give way more than you could ever think and imagine. It's like, I don't know God. God says, trust me. He's given, he's called us all to give. And sometimes he gives people a gift of giving where they give an exorbitant amount. Just trust God. Don't rationalize and try to outthink God. Just trust God. The Bible says, just shall walk by faith. We walk by God by, we walk with God by faith. And unexplainable things happen. And so we're going to pray for the offering. You can give by text as well. All you people watching online, you can give right there on your computer. You can also set up for auto give right out of your account automatically if you want. And all that instruction is on our computer and in the bulletin. And here at our campus, we have boxes, offering boxes at all the exits. So when you walk out, you can put the offering right in the box. Amen. Lord, we, th amen. Matter of fact, let's give the Lord a hand for the offering. Amen. Amen.